Welcome to Conversation with H, and we have an amazing, superb, supreme, amazing guest, one third of the one of the most successful UK pop groups in the 21st century, with Brit Award winners, six number one singles, five top ten albums, a few double platinum albums, the Sugar Babes. You guys know about about round round baby round. round. You know about them tune there. <laughs> Lost in you and all that. This is a YouTube blogger, inspiration to a generation of black people, an amazing singer-songwriter, the investor, the one who likes to journal, of Jamaican descent, currently in the UK. She's living out in Canada, but she's here with us today. Hello. The amazing, the super Keisha Buchanan. How are you doing? Hello. Hello. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but those who don't know who you are, yeah. who is Keisha? Um. I am, my name is Keisha Carice Fayam Buchanan. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, I'm a singer songwriter <laughs> from London and yeah. formed a group when I was like 11 or 12 of my mates. Mm -hmm. And we went on to be really successful. Um, yeah, you pretty much summed me up in everything you said, <laughs> to be honest. To. Yeah, I've got I a few bits to. going on. So in earlier life, what, what kind of things happened that kind of stick with you today? And what things did you learn about yourself in early, earlier life that you are now like, oh, this is still who I am now? Um, I think I'm still learning about myself, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, yeah. I think that I, obviously, I, I, I still love music. Mm -hmm. Things like that are really, you know, I think I've definitely, I'm a lot more, relaxed i think i was quite intense when i was younger and i was yeah. a massive perfectionist and as you get older you realize actually there's no such thing as perfection mm. um but that's been a process for me to yeah, kind of get yeah. through because i just always want to do my best mm. so i get a bit anxious around that but yeah aside from that i feel like the life lessons i'm constantly learning yeah, yeah, yeah. so what was family life like when you were younger um so i kind of grew up in a household that was full of music yeah. um even when my mum would go to her friends houses they would have sound systems mm. set up and we would you know that's how i was like introduced to acts like 112 at yep. the time and all that kind of stuff obviously a lot of reggae music especially yeah. on a saturday if you're jamaican <laughs> you know the saturday you know the spring cleaning Clean. day that yep. was always on <laughs> and stuff dennis brown was always um bumping out and then from when me and my brother, we got like cable in our rooms, yeah, that's yeah. when we got all the music channels. Yeah, yeah. And then I got introduced to SWV and yeah. acts kind of like that. So it was a very musical house, you know, um, and my dad, he was definitely, my parents had us when they were young. Mm. So it was not very strict. <laughs> <laughs> they were big, they were big believers in just like, you know, self-expression, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. really you don't really, it, you know, that's not yeah. common. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. common also to not be smacked and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't. How crazy is it to think that you were watching kind of the, the box and Kiss and all MTV Bass and all these mm -hmm. kind of things come out to then kind of see yourself? Did you ever envision that would happen? I feel like I always, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that I wanted to be a singer. Like I always wanted to sing um, and act as well. But my main thing was like, you know, when it was going to happen. It was not if, yeah, yeah, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. when I met Mutia mm -hmm. in like, I think we met in year three or four yeah. in primary school. And from then it would just felt like natural. Everything has always been just sort of like progressively like towards that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about you guys, you meeting Mutia and then Siobhan and mm -hmm. then you guys essentially starting the Sugar Babes, well, 
before it was the Sugar Babes, it was just you guys singing. Mm -hmm. Then it was the Sugar Babes, like, properly when you guys turned 16. Yeah. How, what was that like? And do you feel like you missed out in your teenage years because, like, you kind of had to mature quite quickly? Yeah, we definitely sacrificed a lot. I would say that um, just being around our school friends, we actually left school, I think, maybe year eight oh, wow. um, just to get private tuition mm. um, it was definitely adjustment I went through like a really hard time where I just felt like I didn't really relate to my friends very yeah, much yeah, yeah. and then my mom always said you know enjoy your own company and just you know um, be prayerful and I literally you know it I was living the dream wasn't I mm. but it is really lonely and people don't really tell you that wow. it's very lonely so even with all the success Mm -hmm. that sugar babes go on to do like when in your early teens kind of no late teens early 20s did you still feel quite lonely even with all of that yeah because okay so even though you've got company mm. you're still really lonely because your friends are calling you up and like you're missing out on real life experiences mm. it's like you take a child out of their environment you put them a, a, among adults and so in a lot of ways we were very mature mm. um, but then we miss out on just regular stuff like how to pay your bills and just like oh. life stuff so that was kind of it was definitely hard but i don't have any regrets in it because yeah, not many yeah. people get to live their their dream you yeah 100 percent. i agree as you guys kind of grow as a band now the members start to change and those types of things how did that start to affect you because you were kind of still the one that was still within what was the sugar babes and and different member sites coming how did that affect you especially kind of losing friends like Muti and Siobhan that you kind of grew up with yeah um I feel like I took it really hard when Mutia left I think we hadn't really been established that much as a band we mm. came up we had a first album and then obviously Siobhan left and that was kind of hard to adjust but mm. We were so passionate about trying to um, just rebrand ourselves and, yeah. and continue music. And actually, not a lot of people know this, but when we got when Siobhan left the band, Mutti and I were dropped from our label, and they were pretty much like, "You're not going to be anything. You're not going to do anything." And we had to pretty much start from the ground up in a lot of ways just to prove ourselves. Um, but when Mutti left, that was a huge adjustment for me because, like I said, we met in you know, year three or four of primary mm. school and yeah, we were together yeah. every single day and then Sugar Babes every single day. So that was hard, really, really hard, yeah. Did you notice a change within yourself when kind of Mutia leaves, well, Siobhan leaves, Mutia leaves, do you notice a change within yourself or did you, was it just kind of business as usual for yourself? There was a massive change. I feel like for me it probably was a lot about... Um, Obviously, one, her just not being there, but creatively, she was always like the shoulder I rubbed on. Mm. And don't get me wrong, like I was creative yeah, with the yeah, other yeah. two girls, but I just feel like there was something really organic about Mathieu and I, that dynamic. Mm. And um, even when Siobhan left, at least Mathieu was still there, that yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. you know. So that, that was really hard on a creative level. Um, and then it was hard because everything was then on my shoulders. Whereas before the press would more so, if they're gonna come for you, they would yeah. come for the both of us or even yeah, sometimes yeah. more so the material even. But as soon as she left, it was like, all eyes are on mm. me. And I kind of felt like I took the brunt of a lot of negative press, I would say. Speaking about kind of the negative press, cause when we've spoken before, mm -hmm. um, you spoke about like not feeling that you know, you felt like you were treated any differently while you were within the group, within the people that were in the group. But in terms of like the media, mm -hmm. it seemed like there was a, a lot of negative press with you being the only kind of what we consider dark skinned black girl in the group. How did you kind of deal with that? Um, 
I think I didn't notice mm. because I've always had privileges around, um, and, and I've actually, I've always been careful to even talk about like the black experience yeah, up yeah, until yeah. 2020, because my experience was very different. Mm. I never went through colorism, believe it or not. I yeah. never kind of, I don't know whether that kicks in in high school or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I skipped that situation. And yeah. so I was almost like applauded and awarded for being, for having a talent, mm. I guess, and then for being the black one in the group, you know? And so I didn't see or feel any sort of racism and then, I actually did a video on my YouTube channel and it was actually me reacting to old interviews. Yeah. And it was the comment section. Yeah. And this was just before George Floyd died. Mm -hmm. And it was the comment section that was like, they were treating you different. And I was only making the video so that I could be like, this is my side of just like clearing up my character because mm -hmm. my jokes landed really poorly yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but then when George Floyd died and everyone started talking about this whole Black Lives Matter movement, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, they were doing that and mm. I didn't notice. And it that was really hard for me. It was a mm. hard pill to swallow because I, I there was a lot of things I haven't spoken about publicly, but mm. a lot of things landed with me and with people that I actually really loved. Mm. So that was hard, but I think things are changing. Mm -hmm. And now we're working in environments where I walk in and I'm not the only black person there mm. or where people, you know, will say, we need a makeup artist, but can they do black skin? Little things like that make huge, I know. Mm. <laughs> it should have been obvious, but like now it's like, it's real, like it's a thing now. So it's great. And that's good because like now it seems like when you first started out kind of doing it, it's a totally different kind of, maybe not totally, but it's a big change mm. in terms of, especially of being of darker skin mm -hmm. in, in lots of different environments that you've seen. Yeah. Compared yeah. to what you had before. Um, one of the things that I've, I've heard you talk about before is you guys were really successful. You're, you're, there, there was, everything was happening and, and X, Y, and Z, but you felt really empty or like you were missing something. Yeah, that was like, at the, believe it or not, that was at the height of my career. At this point, I'll never forget, we had number one single and album. Um, the album was platinum. We had like the number one video on all the music channels things couldn't get any better mm. and i bought this like huge house and but i was so sad mm. i was super super sad inside and that's when it clicked to me that actually you've got everything you wanted and you're still not happy so you have to your spirit has to connect with the physical mm. um and it always has in a way i've always been pref a prayerful person yeah um, always had a big belief in god um, but I think it was in that moment that I was like literally dropping to my knees, like, God, like, I feel like you're really far away. And actually I need you to like step in, you know, I need you to come back closer. And God never really leaves us, yeah, yeah. but I feel like there's a time when he's like with his kids, all right, go do, do your thing. I'm here, <laughs> you know? So I think it was one of those moments for me. How does that relationship with God now affect you? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I've just, I think just learning that. I feel, I feel like I was super religious mm -hmm. growing up, believe it or not. I was super religious and I, and I, the biggest change has been me just really getting to know the character of God mm -hmm. and really just knowing what he's about mm -hmm. and that he's not this condemning father. And I feel like a lot of us church kids get kind of introduced to him in a way that is not necessarily accurate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I definitely feel his grace and have learned so many things 
you know, just through my mistakes and, and knowing that actually I'm still accepted. And that was the biggest thing for me, knowing that you've mm. made a mistake, but, you know, you're still loved and it's a journey. Mm. Mm -hmm. Is there a piece of advice you would give that younger, height of success, Keisha, that with everything that you now know, and what would that be? I think I would say, hmm. There's so much. There's a lot. There's a lot of things going on. But I think, like, mainly, um, I'm I'm so much more aware of myself. And I think when you're mm. aware of yourself and how you are, and then you're aware of others. And I've just grown so much in my empathy and understanding and forgiveness of others because I've seen my own mess ups and and where I can improve. And I think just self reflection is key with mm. it, no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I would say to myself. I would say that. Don't dim your light for anyone. Mm. Um, find out who you are first so that no one can tell you who you are because that can also knock your confidence. And I think I listened to a lot of people, you know, just saying things about me that I knew in my heart were not true. Mm. And also defend yourself. Defend yourself. There's a way in which you can actually politely put people in check in their place. and say, actually, yeah. that's not true. And actually, no, I'm not. I'm going to stick up for myself. And and stuff um so yeah but that comes with age i think mm. even if you had told me that back then i don't think i would have registered it so we're we're here now mm. sugar babes are more in demand than they have been for a little while because you yeah. got people ain't even oh they're back that's a lot of people's kind of reckoning oh the sugar babes are back you you've, you've done you've done festivals you've done glastonbury um, where the police had to come and just shield the people from because you the over, the over park, capacity. The I know. Because of you Crazy. guys, you got a tour coming. Mm -hmm. How does that feel, and how different is it now with this, with the the potential success and the success you've already had now compared to back then? It feels new, and I'm surprised wow. because you know we re reunited nine years ago mm. under the name MKS, um, and for some reason. In the last few weeks, months, it's felt brand new. It's felt, and I don't know whether it's because we fought for the name mm. Sugar Babes. We got the name Sugar Babes back. And yeah, I just feel like it feels brand new. Mm. And even just the fans as well. And I, I was saying earlier today to the girls, like, is it that there was a pandemic and everyone's glad to be at the yard now? That like everyone's like, yeah, mm. we're, we're free. I don't know what it is, but the synergy of everyone coming to the shows has just been like, like on point and the love is there and it feels so genuine mm. it doesn't feel forced and that's why we don't call it a reunion because we hate that word yeah. with a passion um we just want to be known as creatives and we've realized that actually because our fans are so solid um we're fortunate enough um to be able to just create when we want to create mm. and take a break and we have to now because we're a little bit older mm -hmm. Um, kind of, and <laughs> we want to be able to like have our lives and have balance, mm -hmm. which is why I live where I live. And you know, I got to become a mummy at some point, but I'm never gonna stop yeah, being yeah, a creative. Yeah. I, I don't think this is the first time kind of the sugar babes have been really popular since your father passed away. Mm. How is have you noticed that as an effect on you? Because I, I can imagine him being a real big supporter of everything mm -hmm. that you do. How has that kind of affected you or how, how are you dealing with that? Or is that not something that's kind of crossing your mind every day? Um, well, before this interview, I came in from Manchester because we did some promo 
and my dad is um, buried in, in Manchester mm. and, it, and he's from Manchester originally and I went to go and see him and I thought I was absolutely fine. Mm. But then when we heard that, you know, the tour had sold out and stuff, I just burst into tears. Really? Because that's something that he really would have wanted to see. Oh, and, wow. you know, um, and it's grief. It's not even been a year yet. So mm -hmm. it's a weird one, but you just get on with it because it, it, you know, there's nothing we can do. And it's really hard. It's not easy. Every day is different, I would say, with grief. Mm. Do you feel like with everything that you're doing now, you're making him proud? And what would he say with all the success that you're now having, you knowing your, your dad? If there's one thing I'll say is that my dad was um, super, like, I know that he was super proud. He would tell me all the time, you're mm. going to make me cry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, that tissue just in case. Yeah, no, I know he was super, super proud. That's one thing I'd say. And just, you know, he was a music guy as well. So I think he would be there and, you know, he'd be like, yes, my girl. Like, you know, he would be super proud. So mm -hmm. that I have no doubt. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> away from the popularity, <clears throat> away from you being on stage and those types of things, um, I just want to talk briefly, briefly about how important your, your family, especially your mum, Mm -hmm. is to you from from young even to and how important of a role she plays in your life now how how crucial is that oh my gosh my mum the you know the most I can just depend on her mm -hmm. I can depend on her for anything she'll drop anything for her kids um she is that mum that refuses to go to bed before you get in <laughs> Um, she will send me about 50 scriptures a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's definitely that mum that will be up praying until all times. Mm -hmm. And like, I definitely feel like I am who I am, like where I am today, mainly because of her prayers. Mm -hmm. And that has like kept me through the whole thing. Um, she doesn't like to be in the camera or anything like that. She's very introverted, complete. We're complete opposites in that respect. Um, but I just think just to see her strength and to see... Um, how nurturing she is mm. i definitely can only hope to be half as you know when i'm a mum one day like i i try to emulate what what how she's been with me and my brother mm. um i don't know if i can get there to be fair because i'm going to bed at two o'clock in the morning i'm not waiting for no one <laughs> i'm not waiting up for anyone but um yeah she's just incredible and super supportive mm. Mm -hmm. are you in love with the person you've now become considering all that you've done considering all that you've been through um some things we've talked about some things we haven't all the stuff that that makes you who you are mm -hmm. are you in love with the person you've become i definitely love the person that i'm becoming for sure um and with that you know there's always the other side of it where it's like i i i love who i'm becoming and the perfectionist in me is like ah oh, damn <laughs> I just need to get that part of my, you know, that part right and mm. stuff. And like I said, it's a journey, but I'm definitely, I can look myself in the mirror every day and, and be proud of who I am. Mm. Yeah. With where you're at mm -hmm. in your life, what encouragement would you give to yourself? The way I encourage myself is catching myself, my thoughts very quickly when I'm about to go down like a negative thought pattern in my mind. Mm. I'm definitely clear on where I believe those things come from. And I just try to 
interject with the truth. Mm. Um, music again is a big thing for me. Finding my play, making a playlist and finding the songs that I need to sing at those specific time mm -hmm. times. Sorry, and also just taking a pause. I think, especially when I'm first getting to know people, I process things. Mm. I don't necessarily like just talking. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> Um, I used to, but I feel like processing things um, and listening to understand has gotten me a long way and I hopefully will continue to do so. So, mm. yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank I really you. appreciate your time. Um, <laughs> so it's been conversation with H. We've done amazing, super. Make sure you go, if, if you're a Sugar Bays fan, even if you're not, go buy them tickets on the tour. Because by the time this comes out, it's probably sold out. Yeah. It's probably so. Actually, some of them are already, so you may want to... Or DM me, I'll get you in for free. No, don't DM me. <laughs> Go buy the tickets. Go buy the tickets. Isn't it amazing? Keisha Buchanan. Thanks um, so much. We'll have much more content coming for you very, very soon.